He was young, but he was ready. Ready to leave his home and everything he'd known to join the fight against the Empire. Armed with his father's lightsaber, he fought for his life, his friends, and the lovely Princess Leia. Luke Skywalker was ready. Luke Skywalker is back. Star Wars is back. Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Star Wars fans and Moof Milkers everywhere, and welcome to episode one of Blast Points. We're doing this podcast because, as we all know, the only thing more fun than watching Star Wars is talking Star Wars. I'm your host, Jason Gibner, and I am here with my good friend, Gabe Bot. All right, it's Gabe. I'm here. Okay, so today is kind of momentous because today is the day that The Force Awakens beat Avatar. Um, as the all-time box office champion of all time in America, which is pretty crazy. It is crazy. Especially, what has it been, two weeks now? Yes. Not even, almost three weeks maybe at the most? 20 days, I think, and it took Avatar, I think, seven months to do that, which is crazy. And nobody likes Avatar anymore. Except yeah, for well, it's good. It's good this happened before they started working on the next Avatar movie. So maybe uh, James Cameron has uh, his work cut out for him to try yeah. to get it back. Ooh. So ever, the Avatar sequels will get even crazier. Nah, they better. I'll be there, but um, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, <I'm ready. laughs> one guy in Chicago and one guy in Michigan went to go see yeah. Avatar two, three, four, five, and six. So the other thing, which is the other thing coming around the news, especially today, was a bunch of people that's been going on for a while, like the whole like where's Ray hashtag, like people can't find Ray action figures and Ray stuff in stores, which I don't really, I don't really buy because like I got my daughter a Ray figure for Christmas, and I was able to easily buy a men's Ray T-shirt on Amazon. And I kind of feel like if you have a search engine, you can find Ray stuff on the internet. But then today, um, or yesterday, Hasbro backtracked because of complaints in the Star Wars Monopoly. There was no Ray figure, so they announced that the next version of Monopoly that comes out will have a little Ray figure. Um, Gabe, do you believe? Do you believe that? Because they said the reason why they didn't include a Ray figure was because they didn't want to give away plot secrets. Yeah, it, it, when that story first came out, it seemed plausible that they weren't doing the Ray stuff because of the stuff that happened with the Marvel fingers not being able to find Gamora or uh, Black Widow. But they—that was a pretty reasonable explanation that they didn't want to spoil pretty much the big plot twist in the movie. Um, so that's cool that they're still going to come out and make a new. <clears throat> version of Monopoly with Ray, but it does seem like it's not just a Ray thing. I think just the toys in general. I mean, they're Star Wars toys. They sell out, and uh, I do think it's unfortunate that they didn't do, like, another Force Friday or something after the movie came out and released the next wave of figures, because, yeah. like, the Ray figure with the saber, you know, everybody wants that. Everybody. The Jedi Luke figure. Um, everybody. Old Han. Yeah. Yeah, Old Han, right. Con so, Kanji that's Club. Which guy? Who? Kanji Club. Professor Leach, good to see you. Oh, 
Con- yeah, Kanji Club. Right, all, right, right. The Kanji Club five pack of all the dudes, even the, the guy with I, the guy with the eye patch in the back. <laughs> well, the guy with the eye patch is there's a Lego for him, so oh. he at least got the Lego figure. Don't yeah, don't so, tell me that. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll, Pasu Leech and the eye patch guy, basically <laughs> what you get. <laughs> They're secret best friends. That's for they're saving that for episode eight. Oh man! <laughs> somebody said. Somebody said. I don't remember. But I read online. Somebody's like, please give us a Kanji Club spinoff movie, please. And I'm yeah, I'm all for it. Oh oh, I won't, I won't be thinking of anything else now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even want for at least a couple days. The Adventures of King Prana with his uh, outrageous alien animal collection. Yeah. Yeah, the King Prana Zoo movie. <laughs> I, bought, I, I bought a zoo, King Prana's <laughs> edition. <laughs> I read somebody say, and this is going off topic, but that's awesome. But somebody said, um, and it's very true, that like that part, the whole kanji club thing in the hallway with Han in the hallway is like the closest we've ever seen to Han doing like real deal smuggling. Except maybe when he's talking to like Obi-Wan... And Luke in the Mos Eisley Cantina. But I wonder if that's kind of the thing we're going to get in the Kasdan, um, the Kasdan Solo spinoff story prequel. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I guess what some people are saying, it's it's also similar to, I guess the closest would be him talking to Jabba in the special edition, where oh. he's kind of talking his way out of it. But yeah, I could, I could handle a, a movie of him just wheeling and dealing with weirdos. I hope. If that's why they don't let me make these movies, because if they were like, "Hey, you get to make the young Han movie," like call up like the Irish dude. No, wait, wait a minute. No, no, the young Han, young Jabba, human Jabba, in the early version of A New Hope, he was Irish. He wasn't Scottish. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. That, that maybe that's why that guy had the accent. Uh oh. In honor of the original Jabba accent. Yeah. Han Solo, you're a dead man. <laughs> there you go. Real. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually Irish. Um, <laughs> um, so other quick news. Rogue One. Rogue One seems to be heating up. Finally, yeah. Force Awakens is out. Everybody's seen it a billion times. How many times have you seen it, by the way, now? I haven't been keeping track. Uh, five. In the theater? I think in the theater, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm at... Yeah. Five in the theater. Yeah, I'm at five in the theater also. So, um, and every time's been awesome. But yeah, so Force Awakens is out. Everybody's cool. Everybody's seen it a billion times. Um, and now Rogue One's finally starting to heat up. The news um, that got me the most was it was a it was on making Star Wars and that uh, Mads Milk. How do you say his last name? Is it Mike Mickelson or Michelson, maybe? Everybody knows what I'm talking about, the Lashif. Yeah. So that he was, he is one of the architects or one of the people hanging on to the Geonos, Geonosian weapon project or something like that. Where I was just like, man, if they mention the Geonosian weapon in Rogue One, yeah, there'll be some uh, sweaty seats. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody, bring out Pago the Lesser. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll just have Pago's staff. Oh, mention it. He'll just be walking around with the cane, <laughs> so people know who's boss. <laughs> Shumai comes out. We 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 get. 
But there's yeah, Rogue One's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. Um, it's still kind of crazy that, I mean, you think of when we were this far away for Force Awakens, we had seen the teaser. I feel like most of the story was out there if you wanted to know it. Uh, did we already know, like, the character names by now, maybe? By Jan- January? I mean, it is, it is still tw- a year. I don't, I don't think we knew that much until, like, six months or so out. They were pretty good at, because we, everyone, we still thought everyone was Kira at that point. Yeah, you're right. Everyone was talking about Kira a year out. That's true. So, but yeah, I got to think with, uh, by springtime, by Winter Soldier, not Winter Soldier, Civil War, there's going to be, got to be a trailer or something at that point, right? I I wonder if they'll put something on the Force Awakens DVD Blu-ray. Oh. Because if that comes out like in April, I wonder if that will have like an exclusive look at Rogue One or something. Yeah. I could see that. That sounds, that's plausible. And then like a trailer with Civil War in May and then no holds barred after that. Like literally. Yeah, one of the things I'm really interested about with Rogue One too is the fact that Rogue One's now going back in time. But as far as a production, it seems to be more like where Force Awakens kind of went more with the original trilogy feel with being shot on film and trying to match those movies where this movie is being shot digital. John Knowles, executive producer. So you got to think he's going to be pushing for some wild stuff. Yeah. But it's actually going back in time to the New Hope time frame. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see visually how that comes together. Yeah, I wonder... Real quick, to the rumors of them doing some sort of 70 millimeter lens thing with, even though it's digital, after the uh, Hateful Eight stuff, seeing how that goes. Have you seen that at all? No. What's going on with that? What's the story? So it looks like some people are saying that they've been looking at using some of the something like the 70 millimeter super wide lenses on the that crazy digital camera they're using and that they may be trying to do like a wider format with Rogue One, Whoa. kind of what Hateful Eight was doing. They yeah, look it up. It was, I was surprised I hadn't seen that until well, just a few days ago. They'd have to have that figured out by now because I'd have to think they're, if they're not done filming, they're pretty close. Yeah. So maybe they filmed it that way and they just haven't told anybody yet. I don't know. I feel like they haven't told anybody anything with Rogue One. Yeah. Like we're really in the dark with it. Yeah, like we don't. And that's know. where I'm really. Go ahead. We don't know anything. We know nothing. No, other than that picture. That picture. And that's the few, it. Uh, few leaked pictures of cra- things. There, there's definitely things crashing in it. Things crash. There's stormtroopers. That's it. And rogues. And rogues. At least, at least one rogue is in it. He's <laughs> one, one, one dashing rogue. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Donnie Yen. Yeah, which I've told. I think I, I know I've told you, but I'm. I, I'm I've b- want to believed it so hard that I've convinced myself that Donnie Yen is like a blind former Jedi. Like he was a Padawan. He's like a Kanan. He's like a Padawan that survived Order sixty six somehow, and he's blinded himself. And he's, like, posing as just, like, a nobody because no one would ever think, like, this blind dude actually has force powers. 
And he's like, he's like Zatoichi. He's like the blind swordsman, like the the Ronin, like a samurai without a master. Well, hasn't aren't there rumors that there's a, a samurai character in the movie? I swear I've seen that somewhere. Better be people saying that someone is called the samurai, or that's like their code name on set or something. Well, maybe it's Donnie so Yen. Maybe, maybe. If, I, if it's anybody, it should be Donnie Yen. If, yeah, and hopefully he, if if he dies, he dies on camera and not off camera. Like Highland, whatever Highlander he was in, he didn't even get to die on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Donnie Yen. Actually, he died, didn't he? Did he die on screen in Blade Two, or did he die off camera on that one too? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it's painful for people to see Donnie Yen die. <laughs> He'll never die. Like Ip Man One, Two, and probably Three. He, there's no way they'd kill him off in those. Yeah, that's true. But those are yeah. American movies can't handle him. No, they can't handle Donnie Yen. No. No, not at all. Okay, so so now we're going to introduce our, what will be our regular, one regular segment that we're going to call The First Order of Business. And today's first order of business is the lingering questions that just won't quit with The Force Awakens. It's a remake of A New Hope? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. It's a remake of A New Hope. Um, Which, to my point, I don't think it's a remake of A New Hope at all. First of all, I think Kasdan, Abrams, Kennedy, Lucasfilm Story Group, I think they're smarter than that. Too much on the line. They know they can't just remake A New Hope and pass it off. I mean, there's all these people who are like, well, I, I didn't really like it, so it was a remake of A New Hope. It's not, in my opinion, it's not a remake of A New Hope at all. It's a remake of something else. It's a remake of what was a primary source for George Lucas when he was writing Star Wars, which is Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. It yeah. follows it almost more, it follows Campbell's Hero's Journey almost more than A New Hope actually does. And thanks to our Blast Points Jedi historian, Carrie, who wrote me up an extremely eloquent and helpful breakdown of Campbell's Hero's Journey, because actually I'm an idiot and I don't really know anything. Um, I can break it down real quick, and I'm going to make this as brief as possible. But, all right, get this, get this. Chime in whenever you want. Okay. Okay, the stages of the hero's journey. A, departure. Show our hero in the ordinary world. The key is to identify with the hero. Rayan Jakku. She's yep. she's scavenging, she's alone, she's waiting, she's got dreams, you know, blah, 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 blah. The call to adventure. The journey begins with a call to action. This can be a threat to safety. In a Freudian sense, these may represent, the, the, the call to adventure may call repressed or conflicting desires. Ray wants to leave Jakku, but she doesn't really want to leave because she thinks, oh, my family or somebody or whoever is going to come and save me. This stage, the, in, the hero is introduced to a character referred to as the Herald. The, okay, so the Herald literally is the call to adventure. Campbell discusses this in terms of the frog prince retrieving the golden ball for the princess. The golden ball. 
like BB-8 yeah. is the, you know, I mean, yeah. he's an orange ball, orange and white ball. He's one of a kind. Um, uh, he is the call to adventure. He's got the map to Luke Skywalker. Boom. Everybody's after him. Everybody's after him. You got to leave because you can't leave BB-8 on Jakku. This stage is the awakening of the self, equivalent to the, to the stage of adolescence. Is a call to the dark and unknown, unexplored world. When I read that, the first thing, like, dark, unknown, unexplored world is literally sounds like Ray walking down into Maz Kanada's secret basement. Yep. Which and Maz... the saber. Yeah. The call to adventure, which Maz really should have better lock system on that whole thing. Um, <laughs> so the refusal of the call, duh... You know, when Ray either that's Ray's, she wants to leave, she wants to go back to Jakku, or after she touches the saber and she goes off running and I don't want anything to do with that thing, you know, like and she runs off into the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, just to jump into at this point, I think almost all those same things apply to Finn as well, for the most part. That is true. That is true. Um, other than, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So as as a opposed to the original movie with just Luke, it's kind of like both heroes are kind of following the heroes journey in tandem. Refusal of the call, it all makes sense. So the meeting with a mentor, yeah, and it could work for Finn too. Like you could say, you could say Han and Maz are mentors for Ray. Yeah, and you can and say, Finn as well. yeah, and for Finn as well. Um, the crossing of the threshold, crossing into the unknown. Here's a, uh, the hero goes forward with his adventure until he comes to a threshold guardian at the entrance to a zone of magnified power. Carrie says, you need a teacher. I argue here for Kylo fulfilling this role to a certain extent. Again, a blending of roles. He seems not to be the ultimate evil dragon, but rather that is Snoke. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the for me, if you had to tell me, like somebody asked me, what's the crossing into the unknown for Ray? It's the discovery of her powers. Yeah. Well, touching the saber and getting a taste of it, and then on Starkiller Base. Right. Once he does his uh, Kylo messes with her head, and kind of opens a floodgate to it... either her. Feeling the force for the first time or remembering things she learned as she was younger as we'll find out which it is in the future. Next, we have the hero encounters test allies and enemies. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. The belly of the beast. Uh, the idea of the passage of the magical threshold as a transit to a sphere of rebirth is symbolized by a worldwide womb image of the belly of a whale. The hero, instead of conquering the power of the threshold, is swallowed into the unknown. Maybe this one isn't as straightforward, but I would say certainly that Ray, if she's in the belly of the beast, when she's running around in Starkiller Base, holding her own and just kind of sneaking around out there, she certainly is in the belly of the beast at that point. Yeah. Um, and now I, I feel like we're getting into things that probably will be coming in episodes eight and nine. The Supreme, well, no, I'd say number eight, the Supreme ordeal. I would say that is Ray versus Kylo. Yeah. 
And then check out number nine here, the title of number nine in Campbell's Hero's Journey, The Seizing of the Sword. After arrival of the ordeal, the hero emerges reborn with the ultimate reward. This can be an object or knowledge. Yeah, and it's both for her. It's both. And I would even argue at that point, what was... What did Luke get? I mean, for Luke, that maybe didn't happen until, I would say, the end of Return of the Jedi, where he got the knowledge. But he did get... He got the object in the middle of the story when he got the saber, but he did get the knowledge at the end that the Force was was real in the way that... Because ben, when Ben speaks to him in the trench run, that's kind of... He gets the knowledge there, and that's the knowledge he uses to defeat the Death Star. True. So there's a little bit of that in each of the movies. It's not just drawn out over all three, at least of the original movies. True. True. Now, after that... Um Let's see. Let me. After that, um, the the last part, the return, the road back, the magic flight. Come on, Re- rescue from without the return with the reward, and then the last part is the final battle, resurrection, miraculous survival and transformation. The final battle with the enemy, failure would result in suffering for all. That sounds like the saber fight. That sounds like the saber fight, too. Um, you return with the ultimate boon. The awakening. She wrote, The awakening of R2 and the retrieval of that knowledge is related to raise force presence. Related to raise force presence fits this theme. And like I said, a lot of those parts at the end could play out more in 8 and 9 or even beyond that. Um, because I don't think... You got to think the story has just begun. And oh yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing I've been telling people too when they they uh, talk about it being a remake of four. That you know, Star Wars is always you know it rhymes and there's things they call back to other other films and tone poems as as Lucas called it. Yeah, or or a piece of music that you know, right? John Williams brings back the same themes for different characters. Uh, the same theme for the same characters and then also sharing themes between characters and Force Awakens really feels like if you really look at it there's things from 4, there's things from 5, there's things from 6 and there's even a lot of I think references to the prequels Ray to me on Jakku almost feels more like Anakin on Tatooine than Luke um, I agree with you she, she works for a junk dealer um, who do you like more Uncar Plot or Watto I'm a Watto fan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uncar Pluck seems like a worse person to work for, though. (laughs) Watto seems like on the the weekends, he probably, you know, has a beer with Anakin and they have a good time. Yeah. I hope Uncar (laughs) Pluck comes back and ate with a little hat. Yeah. Or or some jetpack so he can float around. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Things to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, there's definitely lots of stuff, I think, from, like you said, from all the movies. Um, the one, I know, I think I told you, like, the first showing was, like, when Han dies and he does the fingers on the face of Kylo. Like, that's right out of uh, Shmi dying in Attack of the Clones. Which nobody's uh, talking about that at all, ever. Yeah, nobody's talking about that. And it's, like, it's so, 
it's the same. It looks the same. It's yes. the son seeing his parent die in his arms. It's it's you know, it's a point where Anakin starts his full descent to the dark side. Kylo basically is trying to purge the last bit of light from him. It's, you know, it's very similar. And even little things like um, at Maz's castle when uh, the heroes are surrounded and they get rescued by ships flying in the air. It's, I mean, that's pretty much right out of clones. Yeah. So, you know, and then the end of the movie with the cross cutting between the saber fight, the, the space battle with the X-Wings and then um, Han Solo and Finn and Starkiller base. I mean, that's return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace right there with the uh, intercutting between that stuff. So, I mean, it's really like, it's made from all the previous movies and it's basically setting us up for new adventures in part eight. So I'm really excited to see where it goes now that it's kind of, everybody's up to speed, whether you've seen the first six movies or just force awakens, you're ready to go for new stuff. The, the one, and it's not really, it has to do with anything with the remake, but like, and talking about prequel stuff that is in there, like the, the, the extremely obvious one and still really trips me out is Ewan McGregor saying, Oh, these are your first yeah. steps. Yeah. Blows yeah. every single time. And what and what drives me crazy is the first two, no, three times I saw it, I don't know if I even heard it at all. I didn't really hear it until viewing number four. Yeah. No, I would say I just kind of heard the, the sound of it. Um, but we talked about this a little bit too. That I think, like, depending on where you're sitting in the theater, it seemed like you could hear the different. You could hear Yoda more on one side or Obi Wan more on another, and that kind of led to certain people, you know, thinking other people were crazy because they heard different things at that part. Yes, I will say that viewings number one, two, and three, I heard, and this was, and these the viewings one and two were IMAX, and I heard Luke yelling "No" from Empire and Yoda clear as a bell viewings four and five which were in 2d where i was kind of in the middle of the theater i can't hear luke yell no at all and i really got a struggle to hear yoda yeah but yeah it'll it'll be fun when the blu-ray comes out to just sit by your surround sound speakers and and (laughs) just listen to one of them put it up to your head i'm gonna go get like some giant 1970s huge headphones and turn it all the way up and go deaf listening to Ray touching the lightsaber. Um, so, yeah, that's my thing. I don't think it's a remake at all. I mean, I no. think... Um, in, it's no more a remake than Return of the Jedi is a remake of A New Hope or, a, or Phantom Menace is a remake of A New Hope. Exactly. It's, it's Star Wars. It's the same ingredients combined in different it's like taco bell yeah <laughs> but better yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's like taco bell it's like you know you, you order taco bell you, you order a bean burrito and they give you a chalupa you open up the bag it really doesn't taste all that different but great <laughs> it's all good it's all taco yeah. bell it's all Meat, star wars cheese. Lettuce. <laughs> Beans. Lettuce. Beans. Lightsaber. <laughs> it's, it's not about spaceships. <laughs> I was gonna so say I was gonna say spaceships. It's about it's about a family. It's not spaceships. Yeah. 
Soap opera. Soap opera. Nobody listened to me. Um, <laughs> so sad. I'm so very, very sad. Um, okay, so the other thing I find that people just won't stop talking about um, is Ray's sudden force powers. And we talked about this before, and this is one of the things where I, from viewing one, was never like, what the heck is going on? And I will, I will, towards the end, I will talk about something where I literally was, what the heck is going on? We'll talk, um, we'll, we'll mention that. But, <laughs> is that, that going to be a reoccurring segment? Uh, <laughs> what the heck is going on? <laughs> please, please remind me of that. Yeah, I'm going to make a note there. <laughs> what the heck is going on? Anyways, yeah. people have turned this off now. People listening to this have been like, I'm not listening to this anymore. <laughs> Done with these guys. Um, Ray's sudden force powers. What's your opinion? I, yeah, from the first time seeing it, got the feeling that she had some training when she was younger. I felt like she was, it's implied that she was at Luke's Academy. Absolutely. The fact that her, that her flashbacks show her in a position of someone while all that is happening at the Academy. Absolutely. That she, she knew this stuff and the awakening isn't, is her basically remembering this stuff and that it's not that she suddenly knows how to do a mind trick. It's that she's remembering the things she learned when she was younger. Yes. Yes, and it, like he, and that I love. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, and it, it could be one of my favorite Star Wars scenes ever. Right now, right now, I'm ranking Force Awakens at number four, which is okay. was that when I talked to you? Because I talked to you right after the movie came out, and I think that's kind of where. It was. Yeah, then. I don't think you told me you didn't have a ranking yet at that point. Right now, it's at four. Because, like I said to my wife, and, and this, again, if people haven't turned off now, they'll turn it off now. I said to my wife, I said, well, it's not better than, I don't like it more than Jedi, and I don't like it more than Phantom Menace. Yeah. So people, there's tons of people just threw their iPhones <laughs> through a window right there. <laughs> Apple's going to sell a lot of iPhones tomorrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> a bunch just got smashed. Yeah. Angry hate letter. Um, uh... But it could be that the scene, the mental, the, the mental force battle, as I call it, um, that's one of my, I think that could be one of my favorite Star Wars scenes ever. Uh, number one, because of the sound effects. I love that, that the dark side rumble that Kylo mm -hmm. is giving off, like, sounds like it's burping. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, he's throwing it at Rey and she's just like, like. Dragon Ball Z just bouncing it back, you know, right at him. Um, yeah. Uh, well, and that's that's a, something you know. People, I mean, I may have even said some similar to myself that you know, Force Awakens sometimes seems like there's not enough new stuff, but right there, all the mental force power stuff. Like, I mean, we've had the Jedi mind trick before, but like messing with people's minds and you know, mind reading stuff like really in the films that really hasn't happened this intensely before no so that's exciting nobody's ever stopped a laser blast it, no, no nobody's ever like paralyzed somebody with the force 
nobody's ever done like a David Blaine magic trick. You were asleep with the force. Yeah. Like we saw crazy force powers in Force Awakens that we've never, ever, ever seen yeah. before in a mental force yeah. battle. Um, yeah, a mental force battle. Who would have Who would have thought that twelve months ago? Never. No, I still Nobody. can't really think of it. It's still, it's why I have to keep going to see it because literally I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah. In the best possible way. Um, but at that moment, getting back to the point from two hours ago, at that moment, uh, yeah, Ray unlocks, or Kylo unlocks Ray's brain at that moment. Which yeah. who knows? Maybe that's, comes right. maybe that's because they both had the same teacher. Well, and I think we've talked about this. I'm getting more and more convinced that Kylo's the one that puts her on Jakku, and he's the one that makes her uh, forget everything. I mean, they spend the whole movie showing that he has force control over people's minds. Kind of seems like maybe he's the one that did it. Yeah, and, like, I mean, let's think about it. And he it. realizes that during that battle, when she turns it back on him, he's like, oh, no, you know, maybe I know who that is. He's not going to tell Snoke because he was supposed to kill her. Well, and in... <clears throat> In the vision, right, Kylo is all over that fourth vision. Like, how would Rey see the Knights of Ren in the fourth vision unless she, unless her fourth vision is some kind of, like, repressed memory that is being right. bubbled up? And, like, let's say if the fourth vision is controlled by... The Jedi spirits, let's say, the, the, the Jedi connected to the cosmic force, which in the visual dictionary they say that the cosmic force has been dormant ever since Luke Skywalker has disappeared, which is awesome and hardcore. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as like Rey's awakening starts, that the cosmic force starts to bubble up and things start happening, and that's what Snoke recognizes. Um, if there, if her vision is like somehow driven by the cosmic force, why show her the Knights of Ren? Why show her Kylo Ren? Right, unless she was there, or like Luke, Luke saw visions of his friends, or Anakin saw visions of his family. So even if Ray wasn't there, if she's seeing visions of Kylo, there's some other connection then. Yeah. Because you don't, people don't see force visions of people they don't know really. That is true. That is true. Um, I don't think it's canon anymore, but I remember the the episode one novelization. One of my favorite parts was they were talking about um, little Annie, little Annie, little Anakin's dreams, and he was having dreams about that basically showed Padme like giant battles and lots of visions of basically they describe Padme. Mm. Um, but I don't think that's canon anymore. So whatever. Yeah. Well, and it's still in that case. So that's him seeing his future. He's not seeing necessarily a stranger. That's true. That's true. So long story short, Kylo wakes up Ray's powers. Yes. The Koi, possibly they both had the same teacher. They both learned the same stuff, possibly at the same time. Um, yeah. 
And I think that's something we're going to find out a lot more about, obviously. So a side note connected to this kind of where do you, how when episode eight begins, how long is it going to be after the end of seven? Do you think? Man, I don't know. I think I mean, we talked about this a little bit the other day. Like, I feel like they're going to they got to start. Like right away, if not, right. you know, start. Start, show us what Luke was doing and, and lead right into when Ray shows up because it's like never has a Star Wars movie ended right where you want it to start like no. you know when they go off to find Han it's like okay it's going to take a while to find Han okay but it's like yeah what, we want to hear what Luke says we want to hear what they say to each other I mean there's a lot that's going to happen the next instant after that scene ends so I hope they go right into it so I'm, I'm almost guessing and it's like it's like I, I I sent you a text I think I think it was today or yesterday where at this point I think just Snoke is Snoke I don't think Snoke is Plagueis anymore I think Snoke is Snoke, and I I have a feeling that eight will start and we won't know what the hell is going on in typical Star Wars style. Mm. Like I almost wonder if they will be hardcore and be like, we're not going to show you their training, we're not going to spend. 45 minutes of this precious time of this movie rehashing force training. Like, I almost wonder if it'll begin and I don't know, but then I don't know, but we need to see the next step for Ray, like the, the literal next step. We can't just have episode eight begin and she's doing backflips and catching a lightsaber in her teeth or something. Yeah. Well, there's just, We've been we waited we just waited two hours and twenty minutes to see Luke, <laughs> you know, because they knew if Luke came in any sooner than that, no one would everyone would just want to know what's up with Luke. Yeah. Now we're waiting another year and a half, you know. We need to. Luke's got to, but I, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot, you know. If if you're following the news, you know that Phasma's alive and that mm-hmm. Kylo's alive and mm-hmm. that Hux is alive. But if you're just you watch the movie. You don't really know who survives. You don't know who's coming back. So, I mean, it could be like Return of the Jedi where the first 30 minutes is like, what the hell's going on? Who are these people? Whoa, it's this person. Whoa, it's that person. Right. Well, or like even Empire starting out where it's like, what? They're in the the snow? What the heck? What's going on here? You know, like. Mm Mm-hmm. The attack of the clones. Like, when did Obi-Wan get that sweet, sweet mullet? What is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) where's the jedi barbershop (laughs) oh yes (laughs) um (laughs) again people just threw their phones out the window they're done that's that's his best beard in that scene too oh my god two dollar the dollar store beard they're like oh shit we forgot to get the beard Oh man. <laughs> I think Revenge of the Sith is the only movie where Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan makes it through the whole thing looking normal. Like he doesn't have like the astroturf hair that he has in like the episode one reshoots or like the dollar yeah. store beard. Like he's just Yeah, he doesn't have the the Phantom Menace puffy face. <laughs> and Yeah, the face yeah, it is. It's the only one where he just looks Legit through the whole thing. Yeah, but but he has to look ten years older with the spray gray, so maybe he doesn't really make it out of any of them. <laughs> uh, I kind of hope if they ever do the old, 
the uh, old Obi-Wan story that for some reason he like dyes his hair to look young. So he has like the, the Rod Stewart dyed red hair. <laughs> and it's not till later when, you know, Luke sees it that he kind of gave up the uh, dyeing his hair thing. <laughs> it's like, oh man. <coughs> oh man. Let's hope. Let's hope. Dear Ryan Johnson, <laughs> we got ideas. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay, next topic, R2-D2 turning on. Well, that one's kind of, I mean, J.J. Abrams admitted that he just did that kind yeah. of on purpose. Yeah, he, he like, didn't but say did anything. Like, they were just like, hey, J.J., what's the deal with R2 turning on? And he's like, oh, my, you know, like, didn't say anything. Yeah, but then he's like, well, you know, you want to be happy at the end, R2 turns on. But I thought the, the visual <laughs> like dictionary... That's, that's not an answer. What'd you say, sorry? I like the idea that he's just that he's just looking through the files, and he feels that Luke's ready, he's found the data. I, I mean, okay, so I'm going to say what I think, but I think something you've told me once I think is completely genius and fits in with this perfectly. When does R2 turn on? When Ray comes to the base. It's, it's like almost yeah. as soon as she walks into the base, R2 turns on, and she's got the saber. And I've read somebody online was like, don't give me that crap about the saber having some kind of Bluetooth that turns out. Well, maybe it does, you know? Because what's the deal that you've explained to me with R2-D2 and the Saber of the Chosen One. That's true. But they go hand in hand. When Luke gets the Saber, Luke gets R2. When Anakin gets that Saber is when he gets R2. When Saber goes away at the end of Sith, R2 goes away. Mm-hmm. He's, so, not, yeah. he's yeah. not with the Jedi anymore when the Saber's gone. Yep, and Ray gets the saber, and R2 comes along. R2 comes along, rocking back and forth Kenny Baker style on yep. on that planet. The f- freaking first and Jedi the colors temple. match. What's that? It's an and their colors match. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I think Luke putting his hand on R2. He's Luke yeah. is such he's so in tune with r2d2 they they are like the best friends in the whole world yeah and luke at that point is telling him which is why i think ray sees that vision perhaps ray is there when she's a little girl and luke is telling r2 via the force listen you're gonna see ray again when you see her again if she has my saber which i think she will and she's ready to come that is that that's the password for you to unlock and to come find and to tell everyone where I'm at. That's when you do it. And until that time, just pretend like you're, you're turned off. Well, and if he may even know Ray, if she was trained from Luke when she was little. And if, yeah. And if it's R2 style, he does because every major moment R2 has to be there. Yeah. Major, yeah. major moments. Like, 
Anakin's wedding, R2 is there. Anakin's burning on a hill on Mustafar, R2... There. R2's there. Ray is gonna go bring back Luke Skywalker, R2 is there. Yep. So... Oh, no, no, and that's one thing where I was like, afterwards, people were like, how come R2 turned on there? And I was like, duh, I thought that from day one. Um, okay, Leia and Ray's hug. What's your thought? I can, I can see that one, and it's a little weird. Um, I was thinking about the Chewie, because a lot of people were like, well, why isn't Chewie hugging them, or why isn't... We see Leia Chew Huggy. Chew Huggy. Why does <laughs> Leia Chew, chew Huggies? That's episode eight. Why doesn't uh, she hug Chewie? She did, uh, ch- she did hug Chewie already, though. She got that out of the way. Yeah. Not after Han died, though. No, that's true. Um, but one thing I was thinking, and I'm curious if, if they'll ever delve this far into Chewie's character, is maybe Chewie's mad at Leia because she kind of gave Han the idea that he could talk Kylo back. Ooh. So it's kind of like maybe he doesn't want to talk to Leia because she kind of, you know, Han's old and kind of, you know, maybe he's sad about Kylo and, and, and her saying that kind of pushed, you know, gave him a death wish to go think he could talk Kylo out of it. So now, and they showed sad Chewie, so we know he's sad. He is sad. He's very sad. Um, but again, you know, Leia's got the force, so she might know more than we do. And that... When Leia and Ray hug, my first thought was, that's so awesome, because as soon as Ray comes off the Millennium Falcon, it's the first time they've met. And Leia, probably this is the first time she's come across anyone really strong in the Force in a long time. And she probably knows, and she can probably, as soon as she's... You know, within screaming distance with Ray, she can probably be like, holy crap, this girl is strong with the Force. Or she feels her brother, like the presence of her brother, somehow connected to Ray. She probably, right. yep. whether she's actually a blood relative of Leia or not, she might as well be because she is of the Force. Yeah, well, and she's of, if, if Luke Saber's calling to Ray. There's yeah. a connection between Luke and Ray, whether it's a family connection or a student-teacher connection. There's a connection, and Leia's always had the connection with Luke. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's gonna know, she's gonna feel it. Yeah. <clears throat> that yeah, that's what I took, and and, it, and I think that's emphasized again at the end when Leia says for the first time in any of the movies, "May the Force be with you" to Ray, like yeah. And Leia, who is always like, you know, when Luke in Return of the Jedi was, guess what, Leia, I'm going to go see Darth Vader. And she's like, no, run away, you know, like far away. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, no, at this time, Leia's like, hey, Ray, check it out. May the force be with you. I'm down with all of this stuff now. Yeah. Like you, well, some of it- you go do your Jedi business. Yeah. Some of it, too, I think is just, it's just like we were saying. I mean, there's six movies of Star Wars crammed into this one movie. They they may have filmed stuff that made it make a little bit more sense. But 
you know, I think people can fill in the blanks and it's almost like following kind of the, where the prequels ended up as far as being like, almost like a cliff note story where it's like, it's edited quick and short and they don't, there's not a lot of extraneous explanation. It's kind of like, they know people are going to see the movies multiple times. They know you're going to fill in the blanks in your head that you don't need to over explain everything. Right. And I think that's see them hugging and you can kind of fill in the story. That kind of brings us into our, our next point, the what the heck is going on. Um, and that, the, the what the heck is going on point for me was when uh, Hux is giving that beautiful speech, um, the acquiesce um, to disorder. Um, <laughs> Today is the end of the Republic. I was like, at the first time, I was like, wait. Wait, what, what, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, and then, like, wait, is that Coruscant? Coruscant just got blown up? Wait, yeah. Yeah. What, what's happening here? <laughs> but, yeah, what are all those little balls? Yeah, wait, 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 what's happening? But, but I was, but again, I was never, like, mad about it or never, like, upset because I was like, this is kind of awesome because I don't know what the hell's happening. And that kind of reminds me of what I love so much with the prequels that it's just like, dude, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what anybody's talking about. George Lucas is crazy. This yeah. is awesome. Like, <laughs> cause it reminds, cause okay, here's my thing. And I told you this, I don't want a star Wars movie to be absolutely perfect. I want it to be a little goofy. I want there are things in it that don't make sense. I want it to be, Maybe a, like a little sloppy, like, hey, is, is a scene missing yeah. here? Because this is kind of weird. Like, I like all that stuff in a Star Wars movie because yeah. that is Star Wars to me. I like yeah. the movies are freaking weird and at times biz- sloppy yeah. and bizarre. Yeah. And, yeah, and you think you, think you know what's going on because you've seen the movie 30 times, but really... You don't know what's going on. No, and that's and that's <laughs> having a, a good time. And that, <laughs> you know, I'm having fun. It doesn't matter. I'm yeah. watching Star Wars. Don't talk to me. Um, like, but that's the It'll thing. Make sense eventually. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like with a New Hope, if you go back and you watch a New Hope and pretend for a minute that you've that that's the first Star Wars movie you ever saw. The first 15 minutes or so, like all the stuff on the blockade runner. None of that makes oh, any yeah. sense. None of it. No. And it's crazy too because no. it'll it'll make even more sense after Rogue One, but that like like people are just like, well, I don't understand the politics of what the resistance is to the Republic. Like it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. Like, did you understand what the Empire was? Did you understand what the Rebel Alliance was? Like, like when they're talking about like. The you know the emperor has dissolved the senate in a new hope. What the hell does that mean? Nobody yeah, knows. yeah, there's literally one one line about the senate doesn't matter anymore. No, what are you talking? Doesn't matter. None Basically, of- telling you not to think about it. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like you don't you don't need to know these things to enjoy the Force Awakens. Maybe somebody and maybe somebody does, but then I think that's interesting that people do complain. Like there are people I have legit heard like, I miss the politics. And it's like yeah. so you miss where? the prequels? Where, yeah, where where were you ten years ago? <laughs> <laughs> right, with trade disputes. Yeah. 
Like, I will say, if, if there was a scene with hologram Mon Mothma, it would have all been worth it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, I have, if I have one complaint about The Force Awakens, and this gets me every time I watch it, and I try, I think on viewing number five, I tried to imagine this in the movie, and I was like, oh, that'd be so goddamn sweet. Um, if, like, the winner circle with Akbar and the Resistance base, if Wedge was there. Yeah, but they tried to get Wedge. I know. He said no. It makes zero sense. His he nephew. Didn't do it. His nephew rode up on a motorcycle, said five yeah. words, and drove off. Like. And actually, they have, they have the technology. Just put CG Wedge in there. CG Wedge, do it. I'm ready. <laughs> no one would have complained. Or just say that that uh, President Snow guy say that's Wedge. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. It's just- yeah, they could have said, do you have an Obi-Wan's barber wedge? <laughs> they, were, they were just like, like, Commander Wedge, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. No, one were, no one's going to remember. No. Like now? No, Who's no. Tabs on what he looks like now. Who cares? Nobody knows. No, nobody cares. People be like, okay, there's an old dude. That must be Wedge. Good enough. Yeah. Or, or show the back of his head. What do you think, Wedge? <laughs> it's like the Bruce Lee movie. What was it? Game of Death with the cardboard cutout, Bruce Lee? Yeah, just to cut out a wedge with a gray beard drawn on it. Everyone would have been happy. I would have been totally the man. Like, man, that JJ's a wizard. Yeah. Pra- practical oh, effects. Yeah. It, it worked for Spectre. <laughs> <laughs> They could have just printed out a space and taped it up on the wall. We would have been happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <coughs> well, I, th- I, feel like yep. I feel like we've covered it all there. Yeah, I think uh, we made a lot of blast points. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully people got enough blast points there. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone shot their phone. Yeah, shot their phone. Like, I'll give you a blast point. Um, all right. Well, speaking of blast points, if you if you listen to this, thank you. And if you liked this, um, you can look up blast points on Facebook, and we're on Instagram also. And send a message and tell us you loved us, you hated us, um, whatever. I think we're gonna be back in um, mail. By the time this comes on, maybe a week or the next week after that, and hopefully we'll have some talk about Rebels coming back, and who knows what else, because it seems like there's Star Wars stuff every single day coming out, yeah, something. We might start hearing about the Han Solo movie, who knows? Who knows? The Wedge movie.
Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, hit a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We're sending a squad up. Uh, uh, negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh, now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, large leak, very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number? Uh, boring conversation anyway.